George Kilpatrick, Inspiration for the Nation, celebrating people that we feel good about. Dr. Ofrana Reed is the Chief Medical Officer for the Syracuse Community Health, and he's also here to talk about Men's Health. June is Men's Health Month, and so uh, he's here to help us brothers, uh, men, do what we have to do uh, to take care of ourselves during Men's Health. Let me start with uh, maybe some myths that men don't want to take their health seriously or that they're reluctant to go to the, 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 to the doctor and get the support that they need. Is that a myth or reality? That's a reality, actually. I think the, 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 usually when it comes to a colonoscopy, that's when I see a lot of uh, patients, men resistant because of the whole myth of they don't want anything going in that side. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a lot of education to, you know, inform them of the risk of developing colon cancer um, or even filing a polyp that's actually benign, but that polyp can, you know, become cancer 10 to 20 years down the line. Well, I'll say as someone who's had a colonoscopy, um, you don't, whatever your concern is, you don't feel nothing because did you under under anesthesia and, and whatever they find, they fix and you're done. So uh, I often people will say the worst part is the preparation the night before, and they're absolutely right. So we wanted to get the top five concerns for men's health. Uh, and so, Dr. Reed, I know you have some things you want us to know about. Yeah, um, the, the top five concerns of men's health, number one would be heart disease. And one out of four men have heart disease, which is hypertension, diabetes, or cardiovascular disease. Um, number two is actually stroke. Um, which is uh, concerning. Number three, which is the most surprising to me, is depression and suicide. Mm. Number four is lung cancer. Number five is actually prostate cancer. Really? But what's shocking the most to me is that the, the fact that depression and suicide is number three, which oversurpass lung cancer and prostate cancer. And so um, when, let's, I know men, and mental health certainly is a concern, uh, that has been addressed a lot lately. Uh, depression and suicide, uh, and I don't know if you have that broken down racially, but uh, this is a concern that we've been hearing a lot more of in recent weeks or maybe in recent years. Maybe it's because uh, there have been certain celebrities like Charlemagne, for example, who've been bringing attention to it. Although I'll go back to my good friend, Terry, Terry Williams, who wrote a book, um, Black Pain It Only Looks Like We're Not Help hurting uh where she talked about uh that piece she she talked about this years ago uh and so and so it seems like we're now uh having an increased awareness but that surprising numbers you said depression and suicide number three regarding men's health in particular that's uh surprising and alarming to me as well yeah i i think a lot had to do with uh one we men in the 40s 50s our testosterone level you know, decreases, it declines, mainly at the age of 50. And that leads to a lot of um, mood swings and issues with sleep, um, depression, um, increase in, you know, um, body weight, decrease in muscle tone. Um, and then men begin to worry about, you know, career woes, relationship fears, and, um, you know, um, um, status, which brings stress as well. So I think all these play a role um, along with the, just the regular things we go through as men in life, you know, black men in life, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, t- you you talked about decreasing testosterone and the corresponding decrease in estrogen in women 
is menopause, if you will. I don't know if that's exactly that, right? But I'm, I'm making that uh, leap and assumption. But we don't talk about whether there's such a thing as male menopause. And you're, you're 100% correct. See, we hear a lot about women in menopause, but men go through some issues when we our testosterone is low as well. Uh, we do get depressed. We do have problems with sleeping. We do have mood disorder. Um, so those are all associated with decrease in testosterone levels. You know, and we so have a, low, a lower sex drive, erectile dysfunction. All those, that plays a role in testosterone level, which is equivalent to a woman who has, she goes through menopause. And so when you look at those health concerns, heart disease, you mentioned heart disease, you also mentioned stroke, suicide, depression, um, prostate health. And what was number four? Uh, number four is lung cancer. Lung cancer, right. And let's five talk, is prostate. So, so let's talk about prevention. And I guess the first thing you would say is regular checkups with your physician or primary care physician. Now, uh, in the Black community, I mean, obviously we have the Community Health uh, uh, Center for, for various populations or for all populations, quite frankly. But this idea of regular health checkups is, a, I'm sure, one of the first things we could do around prevention. Yes, I totally agree with you. I think prevention is, um, you know, keeping up with your medical appointments, um, exercise, nutrition, definitely. Uh, studies show spirituality as well as proper thinking. Mm -hmm. Those are all preventative measures, um, you know, um, with, as far as trying to avoid heart disease and, um, um, you know, and things of depression. Another thing I tell you for lung cancer, if you smoke, then you want to be screened for a CT, a low dose CT scan um, based on the criteria of your prostate. You want to do your prostate test at the age of 50 um, and check a PSA level. If your PSA level is actually a blood test, check for prostate cancer. If you have family history of prostate cancer, then you want to check your prostate even earlier than that. Most men think that they got to have a rectal exam for a prostate test, but you know we no longer really depend on a prostate exam because now we get ordered through the blood um to help you know screen for the prostate cancer and, and and so so you mean i don't have to get the uh the rectal exam if, if i don't need is that something i don't need anymore or because i thought that that was also one way to so the psa will tell if there's an enlarged prostate as well as whether there's some problems with the with the prostate and you don't have to rely on the rectal exam anymore not solely by itself. Okay. So it's controversial. Some urologists who <laughs> who will, will say that, you know, you do a rectal exam and then you do a PSA level the same day, is the rectal exam affecting the PSA level? Right. Okay. And so it's very controversial to be honest with you, but I do know that following the prostate-specific antigen, originally it was, it was originated for someone who had prostate cancer and you want to follow the level. But that sense has changed. You know, now you do a prostate level and the range is zero to four. And if it's above four, there's some concerns. If there's prostate cancer or enlarged prostate or inflammation of the prostate. However, say it's within the normal range. Say you got a one and the next year it goes to a three. That's a big jump. That's a big concern. Although it falls within the range, that jump is a big concern. And if you have a high family history of prostate cancer or you're African-American male, you might want to get evaluated by a urologist. Sure. And and again, as part of a routine screening, and I think uh, when I think about some of the things we're doing, for example, we're doing the Jazz in the City series, July 13th, uh, coming up at, which is the next one. Uh, actually, that's not the next one. That's the, the one after the next one. <laughs> but uh, 
you'll have health screeners there. And I always say when you go to those those fairs, it doesn't hurt to get that blood pressure checked or whatever the tests are that they're offering to just see where you are. And I've said this before, all of the things that I have been screened for has resulted in me having a follow-up with my physician. And we've dealt with some health things that have come up, screening at community events, just like the one we're having at uh, as part of the Jazz in the City on July 13th at the new uh, Community Health Center, which will be uh, opening a little later on officially in the summer, but we'll have sort of a preview, if you will, on the site on July 13th as part of the Jazz in the City series. But uh, to your point, you said, uh, I want to go back to what you said about your thinking, which you said a positive mindset, your faith. Um, those are things that can help uh, when you think about some of these conditions, but you also have to take preventive measures. So for example, with stroke, you know, we've got to watch our, our salt intake, if you will, or not our salt intake. Tell me how we prevent stroke. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, you got to think about cardiovascular disease and stroke, thinking about clogged arteries, you know, or, or, or what's causing plaque to build up. So that's going to be low cholesterol diet, um, as well as low salt, because you want to control your blood pressure. You're correct. Right. right. Um, because high blood pressure can lead to a stroke. Um, just like, you know, high fat diet can lead to a stroke. So to your point, you do want to have a low sodium diet because you want you want optimal blood pressure control to prevent a stroke. And, and so um, lung cancer, obviously, smoke uh, decreased smoking now i want to get to this issue of cannabis right because um with cannabis being legalized uh, and people have been smoking anyway um are you concerned about that because people smoking i don't know which is worse smoking or cannabis uh smoking weed if you will the increase in number of us us meaning community-wide who are turning to weed as an option uh are you ha do you have any particular concerns about that? And I say turning to not me particularly, I'm just saying generally speaking. Uh, do you have concerns about that at all and whether that could be potentially um, another risk factor for lung cancer? See, cannabis has been around for decades, years, as we know. And there's no studies that show a relationship between cannabis and lung cancer. I mean, it's been around. Right. So it's not nothing new. I think the issue now with cannabis is that I saw a study recently that showed an increase in peripheral vascular disease, which is also like clogged arteries. Again, there's only one study. The study has to be peer reviewed. So I don't want to jump to conclusions, but the study did show significant increase in peripheral vascular disease in patients who actually smoke cannabis. And so, um, so my assumption, because I'm thinking, okay, tobacco, cannabis, what's the difference? But you're saying from the studies, there is a difference. There's a difference because, you know, when you look at cannabis and you look at um, nicotine, they've both been studied widely in, you know, as far as lung disease. And tobacco is clearly associated with lung cancer. Tobacco has 100 cancer-causing agents in it, which we know. Cannabis it has not been proven to show any signs of cancer-causing agents in it. And there's not been any connection between cannabis and lung cancer that I'm aware of. The only thing I've seen with cannabis thus far most recently was the Increase in peripheral vascular disease, and again, that's only one study. And, and what is, what is that? What is that called again? It's called peripheral vascular disease. Peripheral vascular disease. Okay, I want yeah. to hear it. Okay, um, so yeah, and so, uh, and then of course, I think you said the last one was prostate health. We talked about that, making sure you get your PSA levels checked, your urology checked, and things. Going to a urologist 
or even your primary care physician, you are, uh, remind us of your area of ex your area of specialty again. My area of specialty is internal medicine. Okay, internal medicine, yeah, all right. Just so, so you're treating adults like me, right? So <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so so uh, overall, with men's health, these are the five concerns. Once again, you talked about heart disease, you talked about uh, stroke, lung cancer. Um, I always forget the the, the, the next one. Um, no, the third, third one is the depression suicide. Depression suicide, that's the one I'm missing. Depression. Lung cancer and then prostate cancer. Um, what can we do as men to decrease our increasing levels of depression and suicide? I think we have to be transparent with how we really feel. I mean, men, we got the stigma of, you know, this masculinity being macho that we can't be depressed. Um, but a lot of us are depressed. And I think we're depressed we don't see help. And it gets to a point where it builds up where you can't take it anymore. And the best thing, the, the, not the best thing, but the best option they think they have is to commit suicide. But I think talking more openly about how we feel as men being depressed, each and everyone being transparent with one another um, is going to make a big difference. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that's right. And I guess we have to get comfortable talking to one another about how we really feel because we've become so comfortable and wearing a mask. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm all right, I'm all right, you know what I mean? And then, but the other thing is when you do open up, a lot of times I would say, I'm just thinking about conversations I've had. Sometimes brothers don't know how to respond to when you put it out there like that. You know, they don't really, they can't really, they don't know because they're not used to that kind of, you know, quote unquote, um, vulnerability, if you will. So we also got have to get used to hearing when people say, this is how I really feel and being able to respond. Any suggestions about that? No, I think, you know, like, you know, sometimes, you know, men get together and, you know, and, and be, I think we'd be more intentional about, you know, having a gathering and, and the focus is on depression. So we gotta be more intentional about talking about these things. All right. Such as yeah. Uh, anything else we need to know about men's health as we talk about men's health and how we can heal and be better? No, I just think that, you know, the four pillars we got to focus on is going to be exercise, nutrition, proper thinking, and spirituality. Exercise, nutrition, proper thinking, and spirituality. And, you know, nutrition, once again, leafy greens, low fat, you know, the usual, right? Lots of green leafy fruits, things beans. that avoid, right? Beans, uh, uh, um, uh, decreasing your amount of uh, sugar. What's that? Refined sugar. Yes, that's the word I'm looking yep. for. Refined sugar. Uh, um, speak about sugar. Just so, just go. so when you say sugar, understand. So you have simple sugar, which is like table sugar, and you have complex sugar. Complex sugar is like rice. It's carbohydrates. Right. Carbohydrates are complex sugar. It's very hard to break down. And that turns into actually fat. So avoiding too much carbohydrates. You want carbohydrates, but you want to balance the carbohydrates, proteins, you know, fruit, vegetables. Yeah, and that'll be that'll be very helpful. The usual, right? You know, what whatever works is what what we should probably be trying to focus on. All right, Dr. Front Fran Reed is the chief medical officer at Syracuse Community Health, uh, and uh, they're located at 819 South Salina Street, but not for long.
but not for long. <laughs> if you, and of course, you can call them. Uh, and they're also a partner with Inspiration for the Nation. So we thank them for that as well. All right, Doc, unless you got anything else, we appreciate you joining us on the program to help us talk about men's health. What he said the keys were exercise, nutrition, proper thinking, and faith. And proper thinking meaning mental health, um, positive thinking, I guess, is pro- pro- probably more along those lines. But we, we got to get it right so that we can be the best that we can be for ourselves and for our family. Yes, thank you for having me too. Inspiration for the nation.